Welcome to Awaken Life Church podcast. For more information about our church, please visit awakenlifechurch.net. We hope you enjoy this message by Joy Willette. Yeah, we're super excited about um, about the conference. It's going to be so powerful. Um, yeah, we love we love both those guys. They're really awesome. Um, they move in power and um, healing and all that stuff, but more importantly, they just have a heart for Jesus, like just pure heart for Jesus, pure heart for just the gospel and um, walking in intimacy with the Lord. And it's so important um, with people that walk in things like that, that, you know, there's that purity of heart um, and that they just love Jesus. Amen. And so I'm so, so, so excited um, to share them with you guys and what's going to happen. And Chris Kildosher moves in a really powerful healing gift as well. And um, yeah, it's going to be awesome. <laughs> I'm excited. Um, so it was really fun um, entering into some, some joy this morning. And it's funny because um, that was kind of like newer to me as of like in the last, I don't know, five years, something like that. It was Five years ago was probably the first time I got hit with the joy of the Lord um, because I was always a very skeptical person before that. I was like, that's so weird. I see weird stuff on TV. I'm like, that can't be real. And then I had this encounter and the Lord just like hit me with joy. It was unexpected. And I was just laughing and drunk in the spirit, whatever you want to call it, um, for like an entire 20 24-hour period. And so the Lord has a way of, you know, just like, hey, you can be skeptical all you want, but here you go. (laughs) And, uh, but yeah, God is so good. Like he's so full of like fun and joy and laughter and religion kind of came and took all those things and made them all illegal. Um, for a time. It's just like, no, if, if it's laughter and joy, then that must be from the enemy. It's like, what? Like, joy is one-third of the kingdom. Amen? Um, and it's just, religion just tries to shut those things down. Or, you know what? Anything supernatural is just scary, so we're just going to shut that down and leave that to the enemy, and then anything that looks supernatural is, is scary, and religion would try to shut that down. But then when you leave holes like that, and you leave gaps like that, then people are looking for joy, not in the way that they should. Amen? People are looking to access the supernatural because we are supernatural beings. Amen? We are created for that. We're wired for that. There's a craving for that because that's who we are. Amen? So if religion comes and shuts that down and says, no, actually, you don't get to access the supernatural, then people are going to try and access it somewhere else because we're created to, to crave those things. But um, I have a funny story because um, Alicia, I'm going to, I think I've, sh- maybe I've shared this story with the leaders or whatever, but but um, she was praying for an encounter with joy, and she'd been filled before. I think it had been a while or something. I can't remember what the situation was. But um, finally, it was like the last night that Levi was here. Was that? Prophetic. Prophetic. Oh, the conference. Yeah, we did the fire tunnel. We did the fire tunnel, and she went through the fire tunnel, and then she didn't get hit. And she's like, oh, man, that stinks. Everyone's going home. We go. Oh, she had a dream that she was going to get hit with joy. So she goes through the fire tunnel, and then nothing happens. And she's like, ah, you know, what happened? It's kind of a bummer, you know. And she's like, because that's, you know, not her normal. <laughs> it's becoming her normal. But uh, so then we go out this door here. We're locking up. Our cars are parked back here. Um, we go to get in the cars, and then she gets hit. And she goes down on the cement. <laughs> and it was just amazing. It was just this, like, sovereign move of God. There's a reason that he wanted to do it that way. But she got hit so hard that she was laughing and she was just completely drunk in the spirit, like no control over her body, 
potty and stuff like that. So we kind of load her up in the car. I'm like, I have a feeling this is going to last a while. So, we're, you know, we don't want her to just like sit on the pavement. So we loaded her up in, in Colton's car and uh, drove her back over to my house. And then we're able to bring her in. And I, th I think you, you stayed in that encounter. It was like, I could still hear you laughing. It was like in the middle of the night. She just crushed on the couch. <laughs> but, uh, but God's good. Like we have access to fun like that. Like that's like, that's from the Lord. It's awesome. It's awesome, yeah. <laughs> so Jesus, we just thank you, Lord, that you are fun. We thank you, God, that you want us to have fun. It even says in Ecclesiastes that it is a gift from God for us to enjoy our life and to enjoy the toils of our labor, God. So we just thank you so much for that, Lord. And I just ask God for just an anointing um, of joy and just your presence to be on this message, Lord. I ask that it be your words. Um, that you would um, open every heart to receive whatever it is specifically you want to speak to each one of us. And we just thank you, Lord, that you are so good. And, um, yeah, we just love you so much, and we welcome you um, in every part of us in Jesus' name. And everybody said amen. So the title of the message is called Abundant Life. Abundant Life. And um, I just want to share with you... Um, an encounter that I had, this was a couple weeks ago in worship. I was actually in a lot of physical pain, and it was one of those where I'm like, do I stay and worship, or do I need to go home and rest? And so I prayed, and I felt like I was supposed to stay and, um, and lead worship. And so I was in physical pain. We prayed for healing and stuff. For whatever reason, at that moment, it wasn't moving. And so I'm up here, and I'm uh, worshiping, and the pain is very present, but Jesus is so present. Like, he's, it's like his face is right here, and it was just the most amazing, um, it's, it's just the most amazing presence that I have felt, like, just so close right here. And, um, and as I'm having this encounter, like, the pain is very present, but Jesus is also so present, so, like, I wouldn't trade it for anything. And I have this, like, epiphany, and it's like this. It's like... I really love Jesus. <laughs> like, I really, really do. Oh, my God. Like, I love you, Jesus. It was like, it's like, of course I know that. But in that moment, it was like new. It was like, I so totally love you. Like, you so are the best. And, um, and the Lord started speaking to me. And I just want to prophesy to you that he's pouring out um, a grace and an anointing for coming back to first love. So I just impart that to you right now. Um, that, that it's coming from him. It's not something that you have to strive for. We love because he first loved us. Amen. So he is pouring out a grace for you to come back to his first, to your first love in him. He's fanning the flames of your heart. Yeah. And we just come against every lie of the enemy that he's even tried to war against the fact that you love Jesus. It's like he's trying to convince you that you actually don't or you don't enough or whatever. But God is bringing us back to that first love place in him. And he's clearing the fog of the enemy in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Yeah, so let's just all make that declaration. Just say, I love Jesus. <laughs> I am so in love with Jesus. <laughs> Amen. Amen. All right. Um, so let's talk about a scripture that sometimes can sound a little scary or sometimes a little limiting. Um, it's in Matthew 7, and it's verses 13 to 14. Matthew 7, verses 13 and 14. I'm sorry I didn't get the scriptures um, up on the screens. Um, so starting at verse 13, it says, Enter through the narrow gate, for the gate is wide, and the way is broad that leads to destruction. And there are many who enter through it, for the gate is small, and the way is narrow that leads to life. And there are few who find it. 
Okay? So broad is the way to destruction and death, and there's this little narrow gate and this narrow path that leads to life. Okay? It kind of like, it's like big scary devil and just like one little tiny way where we can experience life and good things. Okay? It kind of makes it feel like life in Jesus is like walking this little tightrope of like, oh, joy is so... Joy is so amazing. <laughs> as long as I stay on this really tight rope, and oh my gosh, if I fall, I'm going to lose my salvation. No, 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 no. Okay. Oh, but I'm so happy. Ha, ha, ha. This is so fun. And we have this idea that that's what life in Jesus looks like. It's like this tiny little thing in the will of God. Man, if you go off anything, you better stay on that tight rope. Okay. Oh, I'm so happy. Wow, this is fullness of joy right here. <laughs> Walking on this tight rope. Okay. But the thing is, is that Jesus said, I have come that you may have life and that you may have it abundantly. So actually, there is abundant life. So when the word talks about that there's a narrow gate and narrow way that leads to life, why is it a narrow gate? What's that gate? The gate is Jesus. Jesus later on goes to say, I am the gate and the sheep come through through me. He's the door. Amen? Okay, so it's a narrow gate because there's only one way to access real life. Amen. There's just one way. There's just one path, and that's the path of Jesus. Okay, but once you get through the narrow gate, there is a giant expanse. There is a giant world and a field of life. Amen. It's just the gate. Okay, it's the gate and the way that is small, but then it's, that's what leads to life and life abundantly. Amen? Amen? So we need to remember how much life we have access to and stop thinking in such limited thinking that like God doesn't want us to have fun. It's like beyond that gate is like a super highway of fun and creativity and imagination and joy and love and romance and story and like so many things, adventure. There's so many things that we can partake of when we access the gate that gives us real life. Amen? There's so much. Someone say, there's so much life. There's so much life available to me. There's a vast expanse of life for me. <laughs> there's a vast expanse of freedom for me. Yeah, because in the kingdom, there's more freedom than you can imagine. More freedom than you can imagine. Jesus said he came to give you life and life abundantly. How much life is there? Abundant. And when you access through the door of Jesus, there is no torment. There is no bondage. There's no tormenting thoughts. There's no condemnation. There's no self-hatred. Amen? There's just purity. There's everything in the supernatural. There's music. There's dance, romance, celebration. How about parties? <laughs> How many of you know that God invented partying? Amen? Do you remember all the feasts and the celebrations? Did you know that they were all parties? Did you know that there was even on some of them the requirements that you have fun? <laughs> God wants us to celebrate. He's the inventor of parties. Amen? There's so much that we have available to us. We just have to access it through the proper gate. Christianity is not about what you can't do. It's about all that you can do. And especially when you access the proper gate. Okay? So when you look up life... Um, in the Greek, life is vigor, vitality, breath of the spirit, 
happy life filled with every kind of blessing. Come on. (laughs) Happy life filled with every kind of blessing, absolute fullness of life, a life real and genuine, not the plastic smile kind of I'm going to put on a show for Jesus to make him look good, right? No, real, genuine, happy life full of blessing. Amen. Um, Active, supplied by God. Supplied by God is what life looks like. In fellowship with Christ, eternal life and life breaking forth from dead things. That's what life looks like, okay? That's the definition of life. Abundantly in the Greek is over and above. You can have a real and genuine life that's over and above. You can have a happy life that's filled with every kind of blessing over and above. More than necessary, super added, exceeding, abundant, supreme, extraordinary, an extraordinary happy life full of extraordinary blessing, surpassing, uncommon, advantage, remarkable, excellent, and excessive, okay? We come from a kingdom that is excessive. It is amazing all that we have available to us. We are not living this limited little quiet Amish Christian life, amen? Nothing against Amish people. We love the Amish. <laughs> They're awesome. <laughs> God loves them. <laughs> but, uh, but life is not about restriction. Amen? Okay. The very next scripture talks about false prophets. What are false prophets? Those that access the supernatural through the wrong gate. Okay? That's the simplest way to put it. Um, when you want to talk about witchcraft or people operating in, in different things like that, they're just accessing the supernatural through the wrong gate. Okay? But we can have access to the supernatural through the gate of Jesus, and that will bring life. Amen? When you access the supernatural through a different gate, it can never bring life. Because there's only one way. He's the way, the truth, and the, the life. Amen? So we are all hungry for and chasing what looks like life. Okay? We all want, like, no one is like, oh, I just want death right now, you know? Like, I, I don't know very many people that are just, like, chasing, chasing death. No, they're, they're looking for life. They're looking for life even in things that look dead. It's like somehow I feel like, you know, even, even someone who is contemplating suicide or whatever, they're contemplating that somehow that's going to make it better. They're still looking for life in it. Amen? Okay. Um, everyone's looking and chasing for true life. Now, we're free to choose to walk through any gate that we want, but there's only one gate that will give you access to the life that you're seeking. Amen? There is so much counterfeit life out there. So much counterfeit life out there. Because the initial gate is so narrow, we can feel like we're missing out on something if we enter there, but the truth is anything else but that gate just never satisfies. Amen? Okay? We, we have to kind of reframe how we think of things, where it's like sacred is over here on Sunday, and this is the time that Jesus cares about, and then everything else is secular, and it's almost like we become like this double-minded thing. No, it's all sacred. It's all sacred. My husband was preaching on that, um, was it last week? It's like working in your garden, that's like worship. Like honoring your kids, raising them up, that's worship. It's, it's all sacred time. We never want to take our worship hat off. God loves all those things. Amen? Okay. I can try and do wonderful things without accessing the right gate. I can actually try and pastor people without accessing the right gate. I can try and do it in my own strength, but it's never going to equal life. Amen? 
I can try and counsel people and not use the gate of Jesus. I can even operate in the supernatural without accessing the proper gate. But I won't be accessing life. Amen? Okay? Um, we do need to break up with evil. <laughs> we do. Um, because evil is always, like, that's just such a big, heavy word, but it's just counterfeit life. Okay? And, like, the very thing that you're reaching for is the thing that's hurting you. Amen? <clears throat> it tries to lie to us and tell us that it will bring us life. So we have to redefine freedom. Okay? So freedom is not the absence of things. Freedom is not an absence of rules, an absence of bad things. Freedom is the presence of Jesus. That is the only real freedom, is the presence of Jesus. I may not always get what I want in a moment, but I always access life if I choose to access things through his door. Amen? Does this make sense? Okay? I'm free to choose life or destruction. Okay? Now, we're not talking about salvation here. Okay? Um, I can choose to take drugs. Right? Jesus will still love me. But drugs are not freedom. Amen? Like sometimes people get this thought in their head. It's like, okay, you know, we have grace, so we're free to make choices. So now this choice that I make over here means that I'm free. And it's like, hmm, yeah, there's freedom to choose. But then sometimes the things that we grab onto are actually not true freedom. Make sense? All right. So the Bible is the family way. When you pick up and read the Bible, it's the family way. If you have given your heart to Jesus, then read the book as someone who's already in the family. This is how this family is. This is what it's like to be a Willette. This is what it's like to be a follower of Christ. Amen? But don't read it like you're trying to get into the family. Make sense? You're already in the family. This is the family way. Okay? When I first married Daniel, I had no idea how to be married. But guess what? We were in covenant. The second we got married, it didn't, I didn't feel different. I didn't feel like, I totally feel like a wife now. <laughs> it's just like, no, the covenant is there. The covenant is in place. But I still got to figure out how to be married to him. And I got to figure out, okay, like what, you know, how do we interact and what does this look like and stuff. And we're all in a process of learning how to be married to Jesus. Amen. But it doesn't change the fact that we're in covenant already. Make sense? All right. Yeah, so we need to redefine freedom, okay? We have needs, and that's okay. We have needs, and that's okay. It's okay to have needs. You were built with needs for very important reasons, okay? The problem comes when we try to push down and suppress our needs and say, okay, I don't have needs. I'm a good Christian. I don't have needs. And then guess what? When we push it down and we act like we don't have needs, stuff crops up and we're going to start reaching for things that look like life and they're just not life, right? Because we're not accessing through the right door. And why are we not accessing through that door? Because we don't think there's much life behind there. We think there's more rules and restrictions and shut down and there can't be fulfillment over there. Amen? But there really is. Jesus is really so, so, so good. To receive abundant life, we don't need to shrink down. We actually need to expand our view of life. We actually don't have to make our vision smaller. We actually have to expand our vision. But it just has to come through the right gate. Bill Johnson has a quote, The Christian life was always meant to be known for its passions more than its disciplines. 
The Christian life was always meant to be known for its passions more than its disciplines. Yeah. There's so much life available to us. There's so much. There's so much that God cares about. There's so much that, jo- that he would just love to sit and, and even be with you in. He would love to go fishing with you. <laughs> Whatever your thing is. You know, Jesus, he watches movies with me. It's so funny. He speaks to me through movies and dreams all the time. And I'm like, Jesus, you watched that movie? That was rated R. <laughs> you know, not that I'm watching a ton of rated R movies, but it's like, wow. Like, and he w- he'll use the story to show me something. It's amazing. He's, he's really, really awesome. So many of the torment or bondages that we deal in life is because we view life, of, life in Jesus through a lens of lack. Beyond that gate, we feel like there's a lack of fun, a lack of enjoyment, a lack of pleasure, lack of soothing, lack of nurture, lack of intimacy. You know, name, name your thing. We don't think it's behind that door because we think it's this little narrow tightrope. Like, man, being a Christian is hard. It's like, no, actually. In Psalm 23, he says, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not lack. I shall not lack abundant life. So yeah, the other day, um, I was actually, I was here, and I was um, preparing a message. This was like a couple weeks ago, actually. Um, I was preparing a message, and I was getting a bunch of uh, administrative stuff done, and I was running around and just feeling really scattered, just like lacking focus, and just like, I felt like I had this huge list of things that I thought I needed to do, and as I accomplished the things, it felt like it still wasn't getting done, and I was just like kind of frustrated, and I finally was just like, hey, I should sit in the presence of God, huh? (laughs) I'm like, hey, how about that? Um, I just felt like I was striving, okay? And um, I started talking to the Lord, and he's like, hey, you're antsy because of lack. You're antsy because of lack, because you feel like you're lacking something or there's something that you're feeling insecure about. The truth is you lack nothing, is what he said. He said, seek me first, and all of these things will be added to you. Oh, and by the way, thankfulness replaces lack. (laughs) So he was talking to me about lack. Um, Lack is sort of a mindset. There's probably a spirit behind it as well. But it goes like this. I lack skills. I lack whatever skills I need. Um, My marriage is lacking. My finances are lacking. My health is lacking. I lack in my parenting. My kids are lacking. I lack strength. God looks at me and all he sees is lack. Okay? Those are the kind of thoughts that go through our mind that cause us to kind of get busy and try to strive and just like, well, I got to make up for all my lack. Okay? When did we ever get the idea that God is looking for us to bring him our strength? When did we ever get the idea? It's like, who told you that? That you were supposed to come and bring him your strength? Who told you that? God does not want us to try and be strong. God wants to be our strength. He wants to be our strength. In other words, God wants us to be really strong. (laughs) Amen? Because we're going to be really strong in his strength, okay? But what what is it that we're supposed to bring to him? We're supposed to bring to him our weaknesses. Hey, this is an area that I'm lacking. Here you go. Hey, I am totally broken in this area right here, and I have no idea how that's going to get fixed. And actually, like, I don't even know if I have faith for that thing to get fixed, but I'm bringing that to you. And in that weakness, he's made stronger, amen, and he gets more glory. That's always what he asked us to bring. Come and bring your brokenness, broken and contrite heart. Come and bring 
all the things that you think are lacking, and then guess what? He just comes in, and he has a way of just making you look like a genius. <laughs> he really does, because he gives you strategies. It's like, I, I could have I run myself ragged all day long and accomplished nothing, and sitting down and having one conversation, and he says two sentences to me, and I'm like, oh, <laughs> my eyes have been opened, and it suddenly made me a lot more productive. I knew what to go after. I knew what mindset I needed to get out of there, and just like, okay, I'm going to rest. Lord, what's the message? Boom, downloaded. Amen? Because he's so good. So we need to redefine strength, okay? Redefine strength. Strength is when we can be real, when we can be honest, when we can be broken, when we can admit weaknesses and come to Jesus for what we need. It's like, here I am, I'm so needy. <laughs> That's what strength looks like, okay? Here's not strength. Strength does not look like muscling up, holding it together, putting on a good show that we've got our act together, pretending for Jesus' sake to protect his reputation, as if his reputation needs protecting. <laughs> Amen. This is actually weakness. When we operate in that, it's not sustainable. It's actually what makes us weak when we're trying to muscle it out. We're trying to be strong for him. And he's like, I've never asked you to try and be strong for me. Come and, and bring me all your junk. Come to me, those who are weary and heavily burdened. I'll give you rest. Come to me, come to me, come to me, he always says. Amen? Real strength it takes real strength to take off our mask. That's actually how we access healing, and that's actually how we access abundant life, is taking the mask off. His strength is made perfect in our weakness. You actually lack nothing in him. Like, he accomplished so much on the cross, it's crazy. It's, like, ridiculous crazy. We have the best deal it's insane. <laughs> we have inheritance. We're co-heirs with him. The enemy's been defeated. He's been disarmed. He's even been embarrassed for our sake. Every accusation that's ever been against you is nailed to the cross, over, done with, dealt with. You have access to Holy Spirit that is resurrection power and life and amazing. God loves you. He is so pleased with you. He fixes your prayers when your prayers are wrong. He intercedes for you. He's on your behalf. He's your lawyer in heaven. It's like, what better deal could there be? <laughs> Pretty awesome deal. We lack nothing. That's the truth. We lack nothing. Okay. Checking lists is actually not accomplishment. I can actually look really busy and really successful on the outside, but actually I can be running from all kinds of problems because of my view in lack, because I have a mindset of lack. Okay. God can't fix this, it's impossible, so I'm just gonna stay busy so that I don't have to look at it. Anybody ever done that? I've got like two hands up and a foot. <laughs> just stay busy, stay busy because idle hands are the devil's playground, okay? What does it mean to have idle hands? By the way, that's not scripture. <laughs> idle hands are hands that are doing pointless things. It's like, it's kind of like lazy or, you know, not doing what you should be doing. Did you know that you can look really busy on the outside and actually be idle <laughs> and not really accomplishing anything? Amen? Yeah. We need to have vision that God has abundant life for us. Amen? You actually don't conquer, conquer lack by focusing on lack. 
okay? You conquer lack by focusing on vision and purpose and kingdom. Amen? Seek first the kingdom. Seek life. Go through the narrow door of Jesus and access the expanse of life that the kingdom is, and all of these other things will be added to you. Amen? All the things. Someone say, all the things. The marriage stuff. <laughs> the healing stuff. The relational stuff. My broken heart stuff. My addiction stuff. Yeah, yep. All those things will be added. He'll fix them all. Pain. Pain is actually not a thing. Pain is actually not a substance. It's actually a lack of something. Okay? Um, it's pain, it's like a simple term version of it, is pain is a disruption of connection. So what should be happening is like this connection, and when that connection gets disrupted, we experience pain. But pain is actually something that's lacking. Make sense? So um, I was uh, in labor having our son, who's now two, and... Um, Things progressed faster towards the end, and it turns out, I think she said it was like a full moon or something. I'm like, is that real? It's like a full moon or all these ladies are, are going into labor, and I guess that's a thing because the nurses have talked about that, but it just sounds weird. And um, so all these ladies are giving birth, and here I am waiting for my epidural, and they're like, oh, sorry, the anesthesiologist is in with a lady that's doing a C-section, and he might not actually get here in time. And she's like, but don't worry, because if he doesn't get here in time, I'll talk you through it. <laughs> and I'm like, I don't know what magic words you have that are, you're going to talk me through labor. I'm like, ah, this is my fourth one, but I've had an epidural every time. And I'm like, yeah, I, I don't know how you're going to talk me through this one. I'm like, just get him here. <laughs> we like kept checking, like, when's he going to be here? When's he going to be here? And so I'm, I'm in tons of pain. Every time a contraction comes, I'm gripping onto his hand. I'm like digging with my fingernails, you know. I'm gripping his hand. I'm clenching my whole body. And I'm just like, oh, like every, every contraction, I'm so focused on like how bad it hurts. Sorry, young ones that haven't given birth yet. And it's actually amazing. Yeah, don't worry about it. No. <laughs> it feels like getting tickled by feathers. No. But uh, anyway, so I'm so like, ah, oh, this hurts so bad, you know. And I'm, and I'm freaking out. I'm scared because it's like, okay, now the anesthesia, I don't know if he's coming. So now the fear makes pain worse. How many of you know that? You know, so I'm kind of panicking. And she's like, hey, every time you have a contraction, you're clenching down. I'm like, yeah, I'm clenching down because that hurts. And she's like, next contraction, she's like, I want you to just go completely wet noodle. And she's like, and I want you to know every contraction you have is bringing your baby closer into this world. So focus on your baby. And she's like, and just go loose and just know this, this contraction is helping me. Okay. And I'm like, okay, lady. <laughs> and so I go wet noodle. And it totally worked. It was like night and day. Like when I didn't clench down and uh, freaking out, I'm like, you know, holding on to his arm and stuff. I just like went wet noodle and I'm just like, okay, this is helping my baby to come out. Seriously, it was like night and day. I'm like, she really does have magic words. <laughs> I was like thanking her afterward. I'm like, that was amazing. Okay. But the thing is, it's like, don't focus on the pain. Focus on your baby. Okay. You don't get out of pain by focusing on pain. You don't get out of pain by, how do I get out of pain? Usually people end up in more bondages when they're trying to get themselves out of pain. What we want to do is we want to focus on life, focus on the kingdom, what it is that he has. The more life we can get in there, the less pain we're going to experience. Amen? He's going to handle the pain. 
The more life we get in us, the more we access life and use our imagination and be like, God, how big do you want me to dream? How much life do you have for me? Like, what can I do for fun right now? God's been talking to me about fun. He's like, you need to have fun. And I'm like, but can we have fun that's functional? <laughs> and he's like, no. So I'm on this quest for fun that has no function. And that is not easy for me because just, I'm just wired administrator. I just want to get things done. I'm like, but can I do something that's going to still help my life in some way? It's like, no, fun for fun's sake. Okay, so he's talking to me a lot about fun, but we can use our imagination and be like, God, like, let's have fun. What does fun look like? You know, what can I do? How do I add more life to my life? And that's actually what's going to address lack. Amen? Amen. Yeah, pain is a signal that a need is not being met or that there's a wound that we need to care for so that we actually don't hurt ourselves worse. It's kind of like a, a broken arm, or even like my husband's finger. <laughs> he uh, unknowingly broke his finger. Like, we thought that it was okay or whatever, but it's just the pain is still coming. So he actually has a doctor's appointment um, to check it out. But the pain is there to signal so that he doesn't hurt himself worse. Amen? So if all we do is go in and try to numb the pain, is that going to heal his finger? No. Okay? So we want to take the pain that we experience, take it to Jesus, and just say, come and heal me. Lord, and don't get into the frenetic energy and the striving and stuff. Just give it to him. Don't focus on getting out of pain. Focus on the connection of life that we need, and the pain will resolve. Addictions are rooted in lack. I'm in need. I'm in pain, and I think this thing will fill the void or bring me life, but it's actually lying to me and will actually pull life from me. Amen? Jesus still loves me, still going to heaven, amen? But we don't have the abundant life that Jesus wants to give us. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added to you. Don't focus on the lack. You actually don't get out of sin by focusing on sin. You actually don't spot counterfeits by focusing on different counterfeits. You focus on the real thing, amen? So fill your life with life. Someone say, fill your life with life. <laughs> Focus on life. So what is the gospel that Jesus preached? Okay. Um, we talk about the gospel. We know that gospel means good news. It's awesome. Um, but I think sometimes we can get a bit confused about what it was that Jesus was preaching. I think sometimes we simplify it, and it's awesome. It's still amazing, and it's still good news that we had sin, and he came to clean up our mess right? He came to die on a cross for us so that we can now access heaven is kind of how most people think of the gospel, okay? But what did Jesus actually preach? Jesus preached the good news and he talked about the kingdom. He actually didn't talk about what we lacked, amen? He was motivated by the gospel of the kingdom is what it was called, okay? So basically, the kingdom of heaven already existed. God had cre created the kingdom of heaven, Okay, then he created the earth and he placed man on earth to bring that kingdom rule and reign here on earth. Amen. But man gave up authority to the enemy and the kingdom of this world took over and overthrew us. So much so that we even forgot that we belonged to another kingdom or what it was even like. We were enslaved, abused, sick, blind, naked and held captive. This is all we knew or even expected for hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years. 
Jesus preached the good news of the kingdom. And what is that good news? God's kingdom is near. Think differently. Remember, he says, repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. He says, think differently, because God's kingdom is actually near. He's restoring his kingdom here on earth. So the gospel is the good news of the kingdom of our Father who is God. Amen? Gosh, you guys are quiet this morning. Okay? (laughs) The gospel is the good news of the kingdom of our Father who is God. The dominion, rule, and reign of God the Father as well as his son, King Jesus. That's the gospel of the kingdom. Is that the kingdom of heaven is now the kingdom of earth. Okay? And now the enemy has been overthrown. So now there's the return of the kingdom. Amen? Revelation 11.15 says, The kingdom of the world has become the kingdom of our Lord and of his Christ, and he will reign forever and ever. That's the gospel of the kingdom. That's the good news. That the kingdom of heaven is coming to earth, and he's going to reign forever and ever and ever. Amen? The kingdom is within you as well. So it's not just a ticket to heaven. Does that make sense? If all Jesus came to do was to bail out people that would believe in him so that they can come up to heaven and be safe, that actually kind of looks like retreat, doesn't it? It kind of looks like giving territory over to the enemy and I'm just going to bail my kids out, okay? But that's not actually what he did. He did so much more, okay? Um, He is using us to establish his kingdom here on earth just as it is in heaven. The gospel is the enemy has been overthrown. The war is won. We are no longer poor, sick, blind, and captive. We're powerful. We're righteous sons and daughters, and we're filled with Holy Spirit. Okay? Now we get to go throughout the world and command the defeated opponent out of our territory and establish God's kingdom here on earth as it is in heaven. That's the good news. (laughs) Amen? It's not someday in the sweet by and by, and oh my gosh, the world's going to heck in a handbasket, okay? No, the kingdom of heaven is coming to earth. Let your kingdom come. Let your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. That's the good news. It's bigger than just salvation. It's also life and healing and deliverance and freedom and life, abundant life here. He said, I have come to bring life and life abundantly here, (laughs) Amen? Life and life abundantly. Yeah. What's the kingdom of God like? It's to establish his kingdom, to establish joy on the earth, to establish peace, to establish righteousness, to establish love and power and honor and authority and healing and freedom and deliverance and relationship with him. Amen? This is why our declarations are always in the positive. You know, we're, we're declaring kingdom of heaven on earth. We're not declaring, Lord, I don't want this and I don't want that. I declare that this thing's going to get out of my life and that thing's going to get out of my life. That's not life. That's focusing on lack. No, I declare your kingdom is coming to this thing. Amen? Your kingdom is coming to my marriage. doesn't matter what it looks like. Your kingdom is coming to my finances. It doesn't matter what it looks like because that's the good news. There's so much power available to us, so much life available to us. We just got to access the right door. You have access to a super highway of life, of the kingdom of heaven. So here's the question we need to ask the Lord. God, how do I get more life in my life? 
How do I get more life in my life? You know God gave you your imagination? Did you know that that's not the devil's playground? Your imagination is not to be used to try and, like, avoid bad thoughts. <laughs> your imagination is actually meant to be visionary. You're supposed to dream with the Lord. What does the kingdom look like? Use your imagination. Jesus, will you give me a picture? What does the kingdom look like in my life? How do I get more life in my life? Amen? Amen. God wants you to feel celebrated. He wants you to feel celebrated. That was a word that came up when we were praying yesterday. He's like, celebrated. I want my people to feel celebrated. Remember the prodigal son. He hadn't even cleaned up his act yet, and he, the, the father threw him a party. It's like, hey, here's, here's a credit card. Here's the robe. You're fully restored, and let's party. That's our father. Amen? He loves parties. He really does. He really does. Yeah. God wants you to feel celebrated. It was awesome. We were singing. It was my son's uh, two-year-old birthday um, last week, and a couple weeks ago now. And he, like, we all start singing happy birthday to him, and this is kind of newer to him, you know, because he doesn't remember when he was one. And, like, his face was, like, priceless. Like, we're all singing, and he's just like, and you love me, and you love me, and you love me. And his heart's just like, I'm receiving all the love. It's like, there's no hindrance. Like, there's not even a sliver of, like, oh, gosh, no, not me. You know, he's just like, yes. I deserve to be celebrated and sing to me again. And again, like we sang a couple times. And that's his favorite song. Like he's in the bath and he's like, happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to Evan. <laughs> and he loves it. Like, he's, uh, like I have a video and he's like, again, again. And so we sing happy birthday to him again and again and again. That's how we should be. We should take notes from children. They have no problems being celebrated. God wants to celebrate you. He wants to celebrate you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we thank you, Jesus, that you're so good. Yeah, the same way that we just so love celebrating our kids on their birthday. We just so want it to be special. God, I thank you, Father, that that's how you feel about us. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. There's actually... Um, let me know if this is going to work or not. There's actually a video that I actually want to show. And it's on Facebook, on our Awaken Life Church Facebook. Is that, is that going to be something that's a huge, long process? Uh, it was like one of the very first videos. Uh, it's, yeah, on our, on our site. Mm-hmm. It's a, it's, it's a, it says wedding slideshow or something like that. I just feel like we're supposed to show that. Sure. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll just keep talking. Any, any, anyone got some jokes or something? I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> Sorry to do that to you guys. I was going to leave it out, but I'm feeling like, like, yeah, that we're supposed to still show it. So we'll come to that in a second. Um, so I just wanted to, just to prophesy to you that God is bringing you back to your first love in him. Or maybe you haven't experienced that love. Maybe it was more of like an ob obligation. That's kind of how I grew up. It's like, no, this is obligatory, and I, I better love him because, geez, if you don't, you know, that's <laughs> not a good ending, right? Um, but he's bringing people back to their first love in him. That He's sparking that, and it's by his grace. You know, we love because he first loved us. And so I just want to prophesy to you. So even just close your eyes. Um, and this is, this is what I heard him, him saying. He said, I'm bringing people back to their first love in me. He said, I'm removing years of hurt 
pain and disappointment so that they may receive my love as though they've never been hurt. So just receive that right now. He's pouring that out right now. Grace to receive his love as though you've never been hurt. Yeah. That every shield of unworthiness is coming down. Yeah. And you're restoring that childlike, yes, celebrate me. Yes, love me. Yeah, I thank you, God, that you're restoring that. I break shame off right now in the name of Jesus. We declare that every Goliath of shame over every person's life, we command you, come down in Jesus' name. Get out. We bind you away in Jesus' name. He's pouring out a grace. He says, so that they may receive my affection and my delight in them as though they'd never been rejected. Thank you, Jesus. So they may receive my faithfulness as though they had never been betrayed. So yeah, we just partner right now, Lord, with the oil of love. And I just thank you, Father, that that oil of love is being applied to hearts and minds and eyes like a healing balm, like a salve. Thank you, Jesus. That you're healing disappointments. That you're removing every thorn of betrayal. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. I thank you, Lord, that you can relate to betrayal. That you're never looking at us saying, pick yourself up by your bootstraps. That you relate to the pain of betrayal. And I thank you, Father, that you're coming in with your perfect love and healing those places and applying your oil of love. And we just thank you. And we just say yes and amen. We receive the grace for first love. And even that, that revelation of, wow, I really do love you. I really do love you, Jesus. Yeah, and we just silence every accusing voice of the enemy that would try and accuse us of not loving. We just say no in Jesus' name. We thank you, Lord. We thank you, Jesus. Yeah. Lord, we thank you, Father, that you're doing a deep work. You're doing a deep work and an accelerated work. Yeah. And I just declare over this next week that that revelation of first love is just going to be so apparent, so apparent that coming into his presence is easy, that feeling his presence is easy. Because he so loves you. He so delights in you. He so wants to celebrate you. He so wants you to feel like he's championing you because he absolutely is. Yeah, we just thank you for the truth of that. I just ask for a spirit of truth to be in this place. 
It's actually a spirit of truth. We actually don't have to convince our minds of anything. We just welcome the spirit of truth to come in and convince us of the truth of how loved we are and how valuable we are. We say yes to the spirit of truth. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, let's watch this video. Oh, Jesus, we thank you so much, God. We thank you for the love story. We thank you, Jesus, that we're your bride and that you look on us and you're proud. You're proud to be seen with us. You rejoice over us. The Song of Solomon really is true to your heart. You're not passive toward us. You're not ashamed. You're just filled with delight over us. You're so thrilled with the victory that you've won for us, Jesus. And so we just thank you, Lord, and we just, we just receive. We open our hearts and we just say, Lord, we receive your love. We receive your affection. We receive that delight. And we say, yes, Jesus, come and romance our hearts. Come and show us what life really looks like in the kingdom. Show us all that we have access to. Yeah, and we just thank you so much for it, God. And yes, Lord, sing happy birthday to us. Yeah, sing it again, sing it again. We just thank you so much, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Let that revelation go deeper and deeper into the core of our being every day. In Jesus' name. <laughs>